0: Support for this episode comes from Lalamand Brewing. Lalamand Brewing is a division of Lalamand Inc., a global producer of yeast and bacteria, that aims to help breweries achieve their growth and quality goals by offering products, services, and education. Lalamand Brewing's premium brewing yeasts and bacteria deliver unmatched consistency, reliability, and purity, allowing brewers to take full control of the brewing process. At the forefront of innovation and always looking to expand on the motto, We Brew With You, Lalamand Brewing recently launched Laubrew Brew Verdant IPA in collaboration with Verdant Brewing Co. UK. Laubrew Brew Verdant IPA is a unique strain of brewing yeast suitable for a broad range of beer styles, notably modern IPAs. To find out more about Lalamand Brewing and follow their news and product launches, connect with them on social media or visit www.lalamansbrewing.com.
1: A love of ingredients and flavour exploration led Jordan Mower to open a nano brewery back in 2014. And nearly 10 years on, unbarred brewery of Brighton with its team of 16 lives for one thing. That's to inspire discovery through boundless creativity. In this podcast, Jordan talks us through the early days of the brewery, the journey since, and also the role of the community at the business. He also outlines the overarching purpose of Unbarred as a cohesive unit and that you should always trust your heart, your taste buds, and gut instinct. That you should work with people that bring out your creative truth and don't be sold a marketing deck without integrity.
2: Thank you. um hi i'm jordan from unbarlin brighton and i've got nothing to sell but just wanted to share uh, my experience of being a brewer who's trying to sell the the brand and the story of what you're doing and be very open about some of the mistakes we've made along the way as well. Um, If that helps inspire any brewery that doesn't want to employ a marketing agency or just how to think about your brands, then hopefully there's there's something that we can take from it. This is where I am. Uh, Some pictures of down at the tap room, Uh, just some Pictures of some of our branding, um, very Brighton-focused, which I'll come on to. Um, And a bit of history about myself and what I've done, so the evolution of Unbarred. Very humble beginnings, 2014. You can see me in my little shed that I built myself. That is literally a a 3 by 4 meter shed um, that I turned into a commercial uh, brewery on paper. It was Hove's first uh, nano-brewery, Brighton Hove is, is a city in Hull. Uh, And that's where it became my sort of creative kitchen, um, somewhere where I would wake up at night and have ideas of how can I turn this food into a beer. Uh, And back then, pushing the boundaries was if you put mango in a beer. um, Fucking hell, why are you doing that? It's disgusting. But uh, I I kept pushing the boundaries in this this tiny little shed. Um, The first cask I ever did... Uh, went into the Sussex Camera Beer Festival and I won the Bev Robbins Shield, which was a huge honour at the time. There was only um, Dark Star and Burning Sky on the shield and, and Little Unbarred, uh, And I had these lovely camera guys come round trying to find this brewery and it was literally through my house to a shed uh, and trying to explain, yeah, just this little place here. Um, and that was the point of sort of explaining to my wife, I'd, I'd really like to take this serious and uh, leave the well-paid job to earn absolutely nothing for a while. Um, and then I joined my first brewery. So I went to what was King Beer uh, in 2016. Um, that then slowly moved into what is Two Tribes. It was in Horsham. That's now moved up to London. Uh, became the head brewer, enrolled on IBD. Thank you, Tim. Uh, LAUGHTER and uh, I got head uh, hunted from there as uh, another local brewery was a home school uh, or home brewery and they wanted to turn commercial. So I helped them fill uh, a space into uh, a farm of uh, FEs and, yeah, helped a lot of uh, breweries small become commercial. So it was really exciting to be able to. Understand people's first thoughts of what their brand was and how they wanted to turn it into a commercial entity uh, and also big brands, even Goose Island. Uh, I brewed the, the Golden Goose, which came to the UK. Um, and then uh, in 2019, in August, uh, joined my two partners who I'm with now, and we set up shop in the centre of Brighton. We're five minutes from Brighton Station. Got a tap room down there. Uh, and then the world turned to shit with the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I know we've all had the same journey. So I'll only talk about the positives of what came out of that. Uh, and there's a lot to learn from that time. So our purpose, hopefully everyone's considered, what is your purpose? What are you doing? Um, our purpose and, and the line we came down to was to ignite curiosity, inspire discovery through boundless creativity. Um, and hopefully some of our products showcase this one of the first things was to challenge what beer is to go back again putting mango in beer was a silly idea at the beginning uh but one of our best-selling beers became a mango pale um and some of the pictures that we got here we got a white stout uh a white stout why a white stout what is that Um, A white stout being a beer that isn't pitch black, but you get all the characteristics of a stout, so it should have notes of chocolate, coffee, Uh, maybe you put some vanilla, learning how different flavors affect the brain. If you put vanilla in a stout, we know we don't need vanilla to make a stout, but when you taste that amongst these other flavors, your brain switches on. Uh, The same with pastry stouts, if you put uh, pastry sours even, if you put cinnamon and vanilla Um, you start to taste pastry, um, even though there's no pastry in the product so challenging what beer is 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 a big part of what we do Um, build products around integrity, relevance and innovation Um, we won't do something just for the cash, it has to be something that is relevant and aligns with our brands and I'll I'll come on to some uh, different brands that we've worked with in the past uh, to do that on the heritage of beer styles of respect, um, we absolutely love continental styles. And the, for us, there's a moment to do a, a continental style that doesn't just involve putting a crazy amount of hops in and trying to make it a Free uh, freebies. It's a, a Brighton Beach Belgian IPA. We brewed it on Brighton Beach uh, initially. And we've used uh, Belgian yeast, which is Le Choucy Strain, which is a beautiful strain. And then we've used some biotransformation, but the hops were subtle and gentle and works well with that yeast. Um, and then we've got here a, a coffee bock as well. bock's a beautiful style. A lot of people don't know what a bock is. I reckon everyone in this room knows what a bock is. Um, but it's quite a bold thing, I think, a lot of people to actually put out a commercial product and say this is a coffee bock. Uh, it doesn't fly off the shelves, but you'll get a very small group of people that really appreciate it and really love it. And we worked with a local ro- roastery, uh, coffee roastery where we cold-steep coffee uh, and blended that back with a beer. Uh, never compromise. Dump it. If it isn't to your standards, dump it. The long story is that if you send out a product that you're not happy with as a team promise you, you'll lose money in the long run. Yes, you'll make that quick buck and you'll get the cash in for it. But when people start talking, people start putting socials online, especially the world that we're in now, um, it's not worth it. I've, I've done it once. We weren't too happy. We blended two beers together. Um, we'll never do it again. So for the bank to lose money that month is worth it for the long run. Uh, stick to your guns and what you think and uh, always tell the story, which I think we've missed at the beginning of our journey is to really tell the story of what each beer is. Uh, we brew nearly three beers, new beers a month, maybe returning. Um, but to really tell the story and get that in people's minds, something might sell fairly quickly and then you get people into the tap room and so like, what did you think? They have no idea of the story behind it, they liked it, it's gone. Try and tell that story a bit more. Who we are, so yeah, ask yourself, who, who are you? Um, for us, StrapLine we use a lot is made of Brighton. I'm Brighton born and bred. Uh, some people say Bristol's our twin town. I think we have a lot of synergies uh, with what we believe and the communities around us. Um, we embody the creativity, passion, and freedom uh, that defines our core ethos. So, We work with so many people locally that really showcase creativity in different ways. And there's some examples here um, I'll go through. Um, Shouting out the voice of the underdog, embracing the different. that's very much a Brighton thing. And I think that's part of a culture in Bristol as well, not to go mainstream. How do you stay independent and craft, stay close to those communities? Uh, maybe not just consider the the bigger win of of a supermarket if you want to stay craft and independent. Uh, And I know I'm brave saying that here today. Uh, Diverse range of styles. We've done over 212 beers uh, just in the last few years. Keep pushing, keep innovating, um, celebrate our roots, working with local artists, as I've mentioned. All the artwork on our cans are local artists. They're all Brighton-based, all Brighton-born. Um, so just to go through some of the uh, artwork that we've got down here um, and businesses that we've worked with. Um, Berlin Blends—they're a tea company. Um, they don't just do your standard tea. They blend flavours. They use different ingredients from around the world, and they. Uh, have created a new vision of what tea is. Um, I absolutely love them to pieces. They're all over the country now. They're a huge business, but they started uh, in one little shop in Brighton uh, and love them to pieces. Um, So we made a sour together, a raspberry blue tea sour, uh, and there's this uh, blue pea uh, shoot. Uh, it's It's a flower off the plant that if it gets added into water, dependent on its pH will change the color of it. Um, so, we had a lot of fun visually on that um, and made basically a lovely Berliner Weiss base, uh, lots of raspberries, and then we were balancing levels of tea and the amount of blue pea at the ends. We didn't realize how much of this blue uh, this, this, this pea shoot that we needed um, and ended up having to get 300 kilos of it, and all the brewery team looked like smurfs by the end of it absolute arms. Everything that completely died um, because it was sour, we found out at such a low pH, you need far more than we estimated. Um, but part of engaging with a local business and then using their platforms of their showcasing this tea and saying you can buy this beer from this brewery, they're local to us. Uh, True Thoughts, True Thoughts, Brian based they've got some incredible bands on their record label. This was through lockdown when you couldn't actually print any vinyl, there's no way of doing it. And every year they had the best of all their artists, uh, Bonobo being a big one off True Thoughts. Um, so we created what we called liner notes. This was a, a label that could be peeled off the can, and you could see all the bands that would have been on that vinyl. Uh, and it was a QR code that could take you to the playlist and then a beer that you could enjoy with it. So it was the only version of that vinyl that year. Uh, And then the last one there being a a NIPA series that every month we used a different uh, Brighton photographer that showcased Brighton through the eyes of a local. Uh, Not your sticker rock, not a seagull or or, or what the tourist may see. Uh, But a Close lens of, of, of what locals would do. So, yet again, engaging with more communities around us in, in our local town. More on community here. So, uh, we've worked with street artists or graffiti artists, some of them prefer to be called. Um, even got Fat Boy Slim came down and we did a big piece on the side of the brewery. Uh, working with loads of amazing breweries, we did a big event for Ukraine. Instead of just putting Um, blue and yellow colours on a can and saying we're donating 20p. Um, We actually got everyone locally to donate beer. We all donated our time. uh, And on that evening, we raised seven grand, which you couldn't have done by releasing one beer uh, and generally hopefully made uh, a small difference. Um, We got our women's Hove rugby team, which we've got our own rugby shirts now, which is amazing. Uh, right through to um, uh, veterans, where we went up and cleared all the graves. If you're gonna say you're gonna do it, actually go do it with integrity. Uh, literally get your hands dirty and work with your community. So yeah, uh, be completely honest, Make mistakes. Um, and, and we all do. Um, it's okay to make them, but as long as you learn from them. Um, in order to push innovation and interest, you need to fly close to the sun sometimes. Uh, and sometimes you get burnt. I'm happy to do that, and I'm happy to say why we did it and why we made these decisions uh, and what we were trying to push. So uh, a few examples. Uh, Big Juicy. Juicy's our flagship beer. Um, apparently in Scotland, if you ask for a Big Juicy, that's, that's a can of Tetley's. Does anyone know that? Um, so we had a tap take over in Aberdeen, and everyone just pissed themselves laughing, but yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, we did uh, a cold IPA, no one knew what a cold IPA was. Um, we did it 8.2% in January. Um, we had a few amazing, lovely reviews. It went. Uh, it, was, uh, it was in the, a couple of newspapers as well, and Adrian Tierney-Jones, he, he did a lovely review on it. Um, we ended up giving it away to staff. No one fucking bought it. Um, innovation sometimes when you're trying to do something that no one's heard of. And, and the best example of that is um, we had the first commercial strain or so we were told, uh, of a Kavik strain uh, for lagers, the Oslo strain. We had the first commercial strain, so we did what we called a Kvik lager. Uh, No one knew what the fuck a Kavik was. No one bought it. Uh, We changed the name after a month to a Norwegian pal, and it all sold out within a couple of weeks. So uh, being completely open about it, sometimes you get the market, and and sometimes you can be very literal, or or I can be very literal, and literally put the name uh, on that tin. So I think the lesson to take from this is uh, forget the mistake and remember the lesson. Make the mistakes. Go out there. Push it. Don't, you know, if you've got a gut feeling for it, go for it. Um, so yeah, continuing my my craft t- uh, takeouts there is series. Uh, trust your heart, your taste buds and your gut instinct. Taste it. Be involved. Get the team involved. Take everyone's opinion. Um, it's not just one person's journey, but Hopefully your whole team, engage everyone in the team. And honestly, that goes through all the way through to the sales team. To the Drayman who's on the front doorstep speaking to the customer as well. Um, work with people that bring out your creative truth and don't be sold a marketing deck without integrity. There are so many breweries um, that get to that stage where they've got some money maybe. And, and a marketing firm may come in. There are some brilliant ones out there, not to discredit other than, Um, Absolutely promise you there are some brilliant ones out there. Um, But what's in your heart? What's your real journey that you want to do? And are they taking you down that journey? Um, So, yeah, thank you for listening to my rambles. If that's helped inspire any creativity for anyone, then uh, hopefully I've done something. Thank you. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.
1: Brewer's Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media. Produced and hosted by Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks to Jordan Mower of Unbarred Brewery.